one. Boom! We dropped the bomb on another episode. We're ready to rock this joint, ladies and gents. Designing the right space. So important. So interesting. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Bros. <laughs> All right, him. Drop the heat again. again. All right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it, and if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and bring and honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. As a hardworking business owner and entrepreneur, you probably spend eight, twelve, maybe fifteen hours every day in your workspace. That's at least a third of your life. But do you love? your workspace? Our guest today makes it her mission to do more than simple interior design. She wants to get to know you, figure out your why, and make your why come alive in your workspace. If your office space lacks imagination and inspiration, pushing past the way it's always been and tapping into the potential of how it can be can be a powerful transformative tool that will foster growth, amplify your company culture, and even build a return on your daily investment. Our guest believes that your space should look, feel, and function in such a way that it boldly expresses your brand, inspires your team, and captures the attention and trust of your clients. Tune in to hear how your company culture is affected by your furniture and color scheme and how getting the right guidance can lift your employees' spirits and make you more successful. Joining us today from San Diego Office Design right here at home, the design boss herself, Welcome to the show, Tamra Romeo! Alrighty then, I'm excited to have you on the show. I mean, first and foremost, let's let's start off with the with the why questions because I got some some specific ones that I want to ask you. What gets you up in the morning? What's the thing that when you're having a rough day, when things are not going your way, when you want to hit the snooze button, what's the thing that keeps you going? You know, I have to say, I don't have very many of those days. Like, I'm a really sunny side up kind of person. I have a really positive outlook and um, I can always find the silver lining. I'm, I'm really good at that. I've gotten um, into the habit of um, not letting my inner chatter get in too wrapped up in my day-to-day, especially in my morning, because that's my time to really set myself up for success. So I, um, I take walks in the morning and usually with another business owner that lives close by and we talk business, we talk strategy, we talk fashion and even love. And um, it's a great way to start my day. 
you must be from San Diego because I have met so many great people and you have the, 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 the beautiful routine. What's up, Joe? Uh, you have a, a beautiful routine for a morning that can only be really done uh, here in the beautiful, in the beautiful sunny San Diego. We pay the beautiful state tax. I mean, it's not a beautiful state tax, but we pay for the beauty <laughs> of the state uh, to, to be here. And you yeah. have a unique uh, job. You take what we already have on the outside, some beautiful scenery, and you create a beautiful workspace for somebody. Everyone's a little bit different. They have their eye on different things. How'd you get into the design space? Uh, you know what? It's my second career. I actually was in advertising and marketing. I was a branding specialist for almost 15 years in my first career. And um, I always love um, how you could express a brand and a culture through design. I was also really good at talking to business owners um, because I had you know, created a lot of concepts and advertising campaigns for them over the years. And um, so I had this just brainstorm of, gosh, you know, work is not always the place where people feel the most comfortable. You know, they spend a lot of their time, money, energy, making their homes amazing. And then there's a whole group of people that feel like they go to work and they're just, you know, in an environment that doesn't inspire them, doesn't support them to be as um, as efficient, effective, or compelling as they actually could be. And I thought I could do that better. So in about um, 2009, 2010, before Google and Facebook had all these cool open offices, my goal was really to transform the way workspace was um, and to bring a new breathe a whole new breath of life into office design so that when you walked into a corporate space, you would definitely know where you were, what made them unique or different, and what their culture was all about. So I based my business on that, and I started it from the ground up, and it's only taken off from there. Thank God that we kind of hit a wave of... Um, brand and culture design, like cool office design right around 2011, 2012, when Facebook and Google really took off, I was in the right place at the right time. Timing is everything, but you were already putting in a lot of the practice ahead of time. I like how you, you know, you're, you're right. Once, once we were able to videotape ourselves, I, I should say, you know, record ourselves, videotape ages me, but, uh, you know, once you're able to record yourself, the background and where you were all of a sudden had a big impact on what you were doing. I mean, I, I look at your space right now and just your background alone I mean, it, I would never think to put stuff like that on, on my stuff. I mean, if you weren't able to see my camera right here, there's a huge mess. And then my background is just, you know, stuff that people have, have uh, brought over from, from different uh, guest spots that were on the show. Uh, but one in particular. So this one right here, this genius one. Uh, uh, I spent 16 weeks at Billy Jean's uh, studio. I his office. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. I was yeah. I was trolling through your website before the show, and I was like, "Wait, this is the person who designed this whole thing, right?" Yeah, so, yeah. <gasps> yeah, exactly. First of all, Billy is a character in and of himself. He is. I mean, there is so much energy, there is so much vision, and he knows, you know, almost exactly what he wants. And yet, he still went out and hired a professional like you to help design his space. Walk me through that experience. 
Well, okay, so Billy is exactly the same in person as he is on camera, FYI. <laughs> he has that same energy. He is, he's consistent, right? He does have amazing vision, but there's a big leap in having ideas about what you want and knowing how to actually make that happen in the real mm -hmm. world. And there's a ton of, you know, resources that you need, specialists, there's um, a bunch of expertise that you need to have under your belt in order to actually build a space like that. I mean, if you think about Billy's space, he has um, a studio, he has a podcast and training area, he has um, you know, a recording bay. He has huge work area for his like 50 or 60 person staff. Um, and he has that big theatrical studio. We even put a swag room that was like a secret knock style yep. room in his space. So we, um, he was really open to ideas and really cool about brainstorming and wanting to be a part of the process. But there's, you know, in getting from A to Z, there's a whole alphabet in the middle there that people need help with. Plus, you know, Billy, he's a super busy guy working on his own business. His time is worth way more money doing what he does than trying to do what I do. And mm -hmm. he knows that. And that's why he hired me. And when you when you put that studio, I got to give you props to that because I mean I've spent a lot of time in those recliner chairs, which were amazing, by the way. What a great way to lay a studio out! Uh, and and the experience I had in studio, the people who get to experience him digitally benefit from what he put together in that studio. I mean, everything from like the jumbotron screen to the stage, the way it's set up. When you walk in there. You know exactly what you're walking into. You know it's the colors, the branding. I mean, his giant face on the chain link right. uh, uh, curtain there. Like everything is branded to a T perfectly. Uh, when when you when you sit down and and have that idea, you know he he has a lot of ideas and he's a, he's very much a visionary. How do you take? all those different things that he has, like, I'm, I'm sure he hits you with like a lottery of ideas. How do you narrow them down to, to really focus in on what you want, uh, what you envision in functionality, as well as what they envision in, in their minds? You know, that's a great question because in truth, um, designers often say, Oh, this is my project, but it was never mine. It was always Billy's. And I'm just there to make it the best reflection of him possible and try to help him avoid as many pitfalls as possible, right? Because there's like a really expensive bunch of mistakes that can be made when you're trying to build a space like Billy's. We have a huge budget. We have, you know, lots of vendors that we had to work with. We had tons of ideas that were constantly bubbling up every time, um, Billy went somewhere, whether it was Las Vegas or on a vacation or to an amazing hotel, he would come back to me with all of these ideas. Um, luckily, he and I were on the same page about a lot of that because I'm all about brand. I was all about experience with him. And um, so the visual like wow factor was really easy with Billy. Um, and then the the part that I really make sure is, is there is is functionality and efficiency, right? Because you can get all like tied up in the fun, pretty stuff, which of, of course I love, but 
the space actually had to be a return on investment because that's the bottom line, right? He was spending a lot of money to um, get what he wanted. And we really needed to make sure that we could make it function the way that he needed it to. So as much as you see amazing things in his space, there's also a lot of things behind the scenes like acoustics to make sure there's no echoes in the space. Like those are things that he wouldn't have known how to deal with and we knew how to handle. There's um, how to plug and play all of his um, employees so that they had everything at their fingertips that they needed to be as efficient as possible when they were in his space. So we really, um, we really worked on both sides of that equation at the same time, the fun factor, the wow um, elements that he loved, as well as that, okay, in the real world, how are we going to get him to be able to um, make as much money as possible from the way that we designed his office? Prior to COVID, I mean, his office is amazing. Prior to COVID, there were a lot of, of places that were starting to open up that were uh, WeWork type environments where the office space is shared, uh, not so much, uh, I guess, owned and run or managed by an individual person. How did that affect your business as you saw models shifting towards a WeWork type of strategy? It didn't affect my business at all. I mean, my, my clients are people that, really want to stand apart from the competition. Um, they have a specific, sorry, phone's ringing. <laughs> the office. They have a specific brand, um, a message that they feel they want to deliver. They want their clients to experience them when they walk into their space. So, um, so WeWork really wasn't an impact for us. Um, as a matter of fact, we actually build a lot of spaces like that in other environments, like um, in multifamily, like apartment complexes, we build shared workspaces as an amenity. So um, we actually do develop those spaces, but um, it doesn't compete with what I do. It's like a very different way of thinking about work. It's based on a small business or entrepreneur or small team that really can't invest in their own footprint yet. So they go to a space like that as they're sort of um, in the, I don't know, launch up mode. And then generally, once they have enough money or investors to, um, to get their own space, they want to do that. And that's when they'll call me to come in and really help them develop something that's more um, finely tuned for the way that they work and the kind of team that they want to attract in their office. Because really it's about attraction and retention, right? How do you get the best and brightest staff um, on your team as opposed to the other you know, thousands of jobs that they have at their fingertips if they're highly skilled workers? And so that's a, that's a real challenge for a CEO or a business owner of say like a tech firm or um, you know, a medical device company, they really struggle to get the best and brightest. And so their workspace becomes an asset and, and we play a big role in that in my company. Take me back to you know 2010 uh, when you were getting started in this space. Uh, that's usually a scary time for a lot of businesses when they first get started. Am I gonna be able to make this? Is it gonna happen? Is it, you know, what, what were some of those early hurdles that that you thought were going to stop you that you found a solution to? Um, well, because I was starting something totally new, um, 
I really had to take a deep dive into learning on the job. So I did something a lot of people don't do. Um, I actually went and volunteered my time for a whole year um, with another general contractor builder um, so that I could see the job from the inside and really understand from his perspective what it was like to work with a designer and what they needed from a designer. So I just had a ton of on-the-job um, training. I was still developing my own company at the same time. So little did my my first clients know that I was actually, you know, gobbling up all of this super helpful information after hours or when I had spare time with this, I guess I call it on the job internship. Um, but I was also using all that information like the next day with my own clients. So I really lucked out in that um, I found a great client or a great client found me um, before I even really had my business up and going, it was kind of like just a match made in heaven. And um, I had a contract before I actually even had all the tools in place to, to make the contract happen. So the business was running out in front of me and I had to hurry and play catch up, learn as much as I could, put as many systems and processes in place as I could. And honestly, that's probably the most challenging that uh, of times that I had in the beginning was <clears throat> that I really didn't have a system. I didn't have the processes. I didn't have the tools and the knowledge from years of being in the industry. I had to develop it all from scratch. And um, that's a double edged sword because I didn't have any bad habits from, you know, old uh, jobs or old employers that I brought along with me. But I also had to sort of like, you know, play along as I was running the as I was running the race, I was also, you know, writing the manual. And so it was kind of a crazy time. It kept me really busy. Um, clients were very willing to help help me learn. Um, they were very willing to give me feedback when I asked and sometimes when I didn't. And I just became a really good listener. Um, I changed a lot in those first two years and grew a ton because I was willing to constantly remake myself and do it new ways all the time, try new things, um, invest in um, people that could help me learn. And I think that that, that really helped me along the way. You spent a year essentially as an intern, a year. Yeah. Now that that makes me wonder because you know college is very expensive right now. And there used to be a time and you know when I was when I was of college age, um, it was one of those places where you kind of you went, you maybe knew what you were gonna do, maybe you didn't, but you kind of figured it out and you found yourself in college, right? That's that's the whole idea. Today it's really expensive to do that, and yet you took a whole year to learn how this business operates from the inside versus going the education route. You could have gone to like design school and learned a lot of stuff as well. You took the intern route. Uh, in hindsight, would you do anything different? Well, I already had a college degree, so I had already done <laughs> that route. And I already had 15 years of business um, experience, right? I had already... Um, worked with contracts. I had already worked with uh, teams. I had a huge sales and marketing background. 
So I had a lot of tools in my toolbox already. I just didn't have the specific ones I needed for this business. So there was a little bit of the niche that I had it, I had to really fine tune, but all of the big stuff, um, sales, marketing, talking to clients, um, you know, managing projects and job flow, I, I already knew how to do. So um, that one year that I was an intern, I was 39 years old. I mean, I wasn't a... <laughs> I wasn't a college student, right? And um, it, it was very humbling because I was working around a lot of people that were almost half my age, but I was okay. I had a passion and a dream and I had a strong vision for what I wanted to do and I was willing to do anything to get there. Well, I thought you were like 25, so it's, it's <laughs> uh, different for me. You just shattered my <laughs> dreams there. I was like, what the heck? Now, uh, you know, it, the, the thing is, I think education and experience are, are two different things, right? When you come into this business and you're starting something from scratch, you knew exactly the pieces that you were missing and you went out and not necessarily, you know, tried to educate yourself, but you also found mentorship in that space. Uh, you know, in your experience, now that you've been in business and where you want to go, what would you advise to somebody who's just getting started uh, maybe in a niche similar to yours, or, you know, they're, they're trying to take off. They don't really know what to do. Do I go to college? Do I find a mentor? What should I do? Um, I'd say I, I need to know a little bit more about that particular person's learning style, right? Cause some people are really much more comfortable, um, reading a book and watching videos and, um, and they ingest their information that way and other people need to be in it, right? Experiencing it firsthand. And um, for me, I'm that kind of a learner that me being on the job and um, seeing how all the cables are running through the walls and um, you know what's behind the, the drywall in the wall, I, that's invaluable. And looking at a picture of that in a book um, wasn't going to help me because that's just not inspiring to me. But being there on the job when you're finding solutions to problems and you're, um, it's like a puzzle and every day is unique. And that was just super inspiring for me. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm already, I, I went to school, I made the investment. I don't know that it was the thing that adds the most value in my life and in my journey, other than it helped me accomplish a very long-term goal, right? <laughs> I yeah. can say I have a college degree. Um, but I think for me, it was, you know, life is a journey and I, I allowed myself to sort of take a winding path to where I actually started my business later in life. I used the experience I already had and then I filled in the blanks and I think, you know, that that worked for me. So if I was going to talk with somebody, I'd find out what their strengths were and what their what their weaknesses are. And they have to be honest about where they need some help and then make a list of, OK, how do you get that help? And then go to this, go to work, getting the help you need immediately, whether you have to buy it, um, volunteer for it, uh, get a mentor, get a coach. You know, I'm a thousand percent about coaching. I've had probably a dozen throughout my business life. I've taken a million classes. So I've definitely had a combo of everything and every little bit helps. When, um, when we get started in these things, 
we don't expect things to go wrong, right? We have this vision of our business being perfect and flawless. Uh, and the idea of us dancing with unicorns and rainbows at the end of the, of a long career. Um, what was, you know, what are some hurdles that you had to overcome and, uh, where, where, where are you at today? Where do you want to go for tomorrow? Uh, so many challenges, you know, it's been 11 years now. And I'd say I definitely had a few throw in the towel moments <laughs> where, um, you know, I remember one, especially where. It just seemed like nothing was going right. I was bleeding money. My employees were challenging. My clients were challenging. Um, and I uh, called my best friend on the phone and I was saying, you know, why am I doing this? I could <laughs> make more money if I just went to work for somebody else. Like, what? why am I putting myself through this? And and I literally had, a, had to pull over and just let the tears come, you know, because it was just, a release that I needed. And my friend said some poignant words to me. She said, you know, you've already proven that you can do it. Um, so, you know, you can go back to work anytime. You don't have to do this anymore. You can stop today and you've already been a success and you can just, you know, button it all up and go get a job. And I hated that. <laughs> Those words just bugged me to no end because in my core, I wasn't ready to give up. And, um, but I had to have somebody offer it to me. Like it wasn't something shameful and it wasn't something to be embarrassed about that, it, that I could do that if I chose. And, and then it was really easy for me to say, no, I'm not choosing giving up. And literally I've had, you know, many of those moments because this business is expensive. It, it costs a lot to hire me. It costs a lot to do a big office renovation. I mean, some of our projects are 40, 50, 60,000 square feet. So you can imagine they're enormous and they have enormous um, amounts of zeros in their budget. Um, and that comes with a lot of pressure. And I was single during and still am, um, although I have a wonderful man in my life now, but I um, had to endure a lot of pressure by myself. And so that's why I said having a great coach, a great mentor, um, having friends that are uh, also business owners or like part of a group that um, can understand where you're coming from, that's been invaluable for me. What are what are some of those things aside from letting the tears flow out? What are some of the things that you've put in place to deal with customers and their emotions and their dreams and the hiccups, and the ups and downs that come that are naturally part of the construction business? Yeah, well, there's no controlling it. It's part of the process, right? So there are def there's definitely an element of my business that's like being a psychologist, a therapist. Um, <laughs> reminding people of what they said their goals were when we first got it, got started on the job when we're in the middle of it because oftentimes they lose focus you know if we're doing a project that like for billy's office it took nine months to do that project and um you know at the beginning he told me everything that he wanted and i take you know a lot of notes and I have another designer or an assistant that's with me taking a lot of notes. And so I'm able to go back and say, 
okay, I know you're questioning this decision, but let me remind you what you said was important and why you wanted to do it this way and why I'm taking you down this path. And then I, I need you to trust in my professional expertise because I've been there before, I've done it. And if it goes awry, I'm here to help. I mean, like you said, nothing is perfect, especially in construction. You know, you'll dig into a wall and there's like something you didn't expect there, a broken pipe or a nest of hornets, you know, <laughs> can do anything. And um, you have to be able to think on your toes and to have that client really take your hand and say, okay, I, this isn't what we expected. It's going to, you know, throw a little wrench into our timeline, but I know you'll handle it. And that's what we do. Where honestly, people say I'm a designer. I say, no, I'm a professional problem solver. <laughs> really what I am. But isn't that truth about pretty much any entrepreneur? I mean, our number one rule in business on the show is to be of service to others. That's literally what we have to do every single time. And that just means in your case, I love how you reiterated exactly what they asked you for. Like, this is why we're here. This is what you asked to do. This is how I'm bringing your vision and your dream to life. And it's almost like a, a reality check that they kind of got to go. They, they step back and they're like, oh, okay, yes. That is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I do. You're right. Yeah, I'm glad you listened to me because that's, I think, one of the key things, right? You're you're paying attention to what I wanted. You're you're working towards that goal. It's almost like I'm in the wrong as the client. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm take I'm taking it in a whole different direction. You have just saved me. Thank you very much. Let's keep moving <laughs> forward. Like, I, I feel like that happens a lot, right? Absolutely. I mean, it interior design is a world of options, right? So, oh, sorry, another call. Uh, and so in the world of a thousand choices, clients can get very um, side, they can, they can just lose their focus and they can get sidetracked. They can get pulled down a, a river they were never meant to go down. Um, and if a designer is really there to guide and to remind and to counsel, and to make sure that you don't lose focus and that you don't spin yourself out of control with a thousand options and then you can't make a decision. Um, we're there to, to tell you, you know, in my experience, I've seen, you know, many of these options. I've researched 12 of these for you. These are the best three. Um, let's take it from here. And being able to guide a person down a path that's fully um, researched and that you have really good background information for, and you can really explain what the benefits are, um, that that, may, that should make a client feel much more comfortable, and then they stop spinning out of control with a thousand options. I mean, if you just think about remodeling, say, a bathroom, a little oh my you know, eight by 10 bathroom, there are a thousand tile options, there's so many faucets, <laughs> you could just go crazy, right? So um, having a designer that has seen a lot of it already, that's well-versed in what the newest, latest, greatest trends are, that won't get outdated, out of style, or make you wish that you hadn't installed it once it's already in, is a really big asset. That's huge. I don't know. I don't have any style, so I would believe almost anything that anybody <laughs> said, and then once it's up there... You know, flash forward uh, another five, seven, ten years, and if it's still in style, 
then you did a good job. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be calling you again saying, I need to revamp my uh, kitchen, bathroom, uh, whatever it is. And that's okay, too. You know, It does happen. <laughs> we like it when people want to refresh. You know, a, a repeat client is the name of the game. So I often have people that it's not, it usually doesn't happen with office design. Um, usually they're either expanding into a new space or they're hiring new employees and growing their company. So they need to move um, or they're opening like a new location. Say they had a location here in San Diego and now they're opening three more up the coast or they're going to Chicago. I mean, we definitely do it all. And um, a really good example of that was we did the offices for Sotheby's, which is a large luxury real estate company. And they're um, like world headquarters, so to speak, was in La Jolla, right across from George's at the Cove. So it's really a show-stopping office that's open to the public. Most of our offices are more private. And they had a big launch party. And all of these people from Sotheby's um, offices from all across the country flew in for that party. And luckily, I got to be there. And um, I got like 10 offices for Sotheby's all across the country out of that one um, party. So I did something in Chicago, one in Boston, one in Florida. And um, that's totally possible with this kind of a business. You know, I don't have to be there to do the design. We literally can do everything from right here in San Diego from it for anywhere in the world. That scalability. Well, on that note, uh, before we head out, if people want to get their office design, they want to talk to somebody who can help them make that a reality. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, there's lots of ways. Uh, you can find me on my website, which is sdofficedesign.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at the Design Boss, and I have a pretty prolific following on Instagram. Um, and you can either look me up under Tamara Romeo or Design Boss, um, and you will find me there. Yeah, anytime you can get any ideas, ladies and gents, that's that's the beauty of Instagram. I think you yeah you you thrive on Instagram because everything you do has a great eye and a great point of view for us to look at. So it's some amazing work that you've done, ladies and gents. If that's your if that's your gig, if you're ready to redesign your office, sdofficedesign.com is uh tomorrow. Uh, I almost called you tomorrow. See, Tamara's <laughs> website. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out and and do a little consultation. You never know where it's going to take you. Again, if you guys if here in San Diego, you had the opportunity to go to Billie Jean's uh, uh, studio. That's just a taste of what she's capable of doing. So go ahead and check that stuff out. And of course, I'm always going to give a shout out to, <laughs> to the geniuses if you guys are out there. Uh, Tamara, thank you very much for spending some thank time with so me on the much. show. Last Great question. We're huge on video testimonials. What was your experience like on the podcast? Oh, it was so fun. I mean, you guys knew what you were talking about. As it, you did your research. Um, you understood what my business was based on and what made me unique, which is super important. And um, it was just a load of fun to talk to you. You know, I feel like you asked great questions. Um, you were able to really help me to um, jump into the things that I think are the most important about my business. And you can tell I'm a proud business owner. So I love talking to other proud business owners because we all got a vibe, right? So I really appreciate that. 
So true, so true. Thank you very much. And ladies and gents, that's the end of our show today. Get your stuff designed by a professional. Yeah, you watch HGTV. Yeah, you might have designed a little thing here and there. But when it comes time to do that big space, that one that really matters, make sure you reach out to a professional, a mentor, a coach, somebody to help you do that sort of thing. SDOfficeDesign.com is probably the best place to start. Tamara, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again next time. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.